Hey, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Have You Not Heard. Today, we are going to take a little pause and give you some motivation to persevere. You know how when you're doing a workout on a program and you reach this kind of plateau or you just get tired and you think you can't keep going? Well, today you're going to get motivated to continue lifting these weights of faith and trust and prayer and obedience, the word and everything we've been talking about. You're going to hear from an author, Bruce Pepin. He's an amazing um, man of God. He has has lots of training in theology and leadership. He used to work for Focus on the Family and some other church ministries in leadership. He's now associated with Uncharted Ministries. He's the director of operations, and he's just an incredible encourager. So you're going to get a lot of tips from him to continue. And then after his uh, interview, you're going to hear some excerpts of a conversation I had with a very wise woman of God who we're going to call Lane, and she is finishing strong in her walk of faith through some really difficult times in her life. So you will also be encouraged by her story. So let's get rolling. So welcome, Bruce. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's great to be with you. Good. Well, tell us a little bit about you and about your faith journey. Let's just get to know you a little bit. Well, I've been married uh, almost 40 years. I've got two adult kids, five grandkids, two of which are within a few months uh, of each other. So uh, that's certainly a blessing. I've been on, it's a a faith journey and uh, it's almost as, as I heard someone say, it's like war footing today to to follow Jesus is not for the faint of heart there's some mm. challenges it is definitely this idea of steadiness faithfulness persevering through and so that's been a lot of uh, of my journey where it's just okay lord take me through another day and i'm i'm just going to hold hold steady with you mm. wow so you've been a christian most of your life is that well, no, I, I, it was a, uh, a process there, but in my earlier years, probably I'd say around 18, mm-hmm. uh, that I saw the, the claims of Jesus pretty starkly uh, before me and compared to where I had been uh, nominally before, but then really turned my, my heart over to him. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you've got some traction under you, some, <laughs> some life with God, life with, with your family and, um, with grandkids. That's exciting. And you, (laughs) God put a book in your heart and you wrote, it's called the best is yet to be moving mountains in midlife. So let's talk about what led you to write the book and then, and give us an idea about, of course, what's it about? We can kind of tell from the title, but want to know more about it. Well, and it's, it's important to know that I did not set out to write this book. The book came out of almost a, a, a failure in my life. And mm. I had been a, a believer for a long time and felt God wanted me to serve in more direct ways. So I was a part of a, a larger Christian ministry. And uh, during that time, I don't know what happened, but the the words of, of 
the scripture and I began to have more of a disconnect and in, in the frustrations mm-hmm. and the, the problems I was encountering, it didn't, it just didn't connect to where I felt the Lord was, was hearing my prayers. And, and I began to drift into where I came to a breaking point. Um, and I wasn't sure I could keep my marriage together, uh, my family intact, or even my faith. Uh, and I was about ready to run for the hills. And I had to go to my boss at the time. And I had to take a month off mm-hmm. and just regroup. And so out of that experience where I came right up to the edge of the cliff and I almost toppled over, I, I just never wanted to go back. And that began a journey away from the edge many, probably 10 years of just journeying. And a counselor at the time, a Christian counselor was saying to me that I was living as a practical agnostic and, Hmm. um, and that uh, he just wasn't, wasn't sure I was going to be able to hold on to my faith. And he, he really called me on it. And uh, that kind of was, was a jolt. And fortunately I was able to work my way back with God's help and encouragement from others. Mm-hmm. Wow. There's a lot there in that story. So you're rocking along doing life with God in Christian ministry. You've got the family, but yet internally there's an emptiness. Something's not connecting. And a lot of people call that the dark night of the soul or the midlife crises, maybe depending on different verbiages. Yeah. Um, and so when you say you went to the cliff and almost didn't come back, is that with your faith? That was your... my, well, it was, it was, uh, my faith. It was my relationship, even trying to hold my marriage together. My wife and I right. were struggling mm-hmm. and then with kids, they must've been in the middle school years. So it was, it was a, a crisis moment. And fortunately I was able to, with help of some counseling, uh, getting some time away with my wife and I was in Colorado and there is this, the Rocky mountains go through the Colorado and there are 54 mountains that are over 14,000 feet tall. It's pretty amazing. Well, uh, wow. A, that's a fun fact. Yeah, it, uh-huh. and, and a friend of mine who's kind of a mountain man said, you got to get out in the wilderness, get away from this for a while. So he took me into the back country and we climbed a 14,000 foot peak. But the irony was we were on this trail and we came to a fork on in the trail, beautiful scenery. And he, and he was looking at the map and looking around. We went, took a trail up where we thought was going to be the ascent up this mountain. Well, after about an hour hike up, we looked and the mountain was on the other, it was the other trail. So that oh, just wow. epitomized my life. I'm in the wilderness. Mm. I'm on the wrong trail. I'm not even on the mm. right mountain. So trudging mm. back down, went down, got the, on the right path, and then went up to that mountain. So that was really a metaphor of my life. I think God just punctuated for me at the time. Okay, Bruce, this is wow. where you're at, but you can get back on track. It's okay. Mm. You're, you're going to mm-hmm. have to, to really work and climb that mountain, but I'm going to be with you. So that that really helped. That, that whole experience, God just used it to starkly Uh, present where I was at. I love that story because it just talks about all the ways God meets us, right? All the different ways. And he knew how to meet you and how to speak your language, so to speak. And have you had that experience? That is amazing. Um, And, you know, I relate because I went through my own 
midlife crisis, our marriage almost didn't make it too. And, and God had a different way to restore me. So I love the beauty of the Lord and the individual way he speaks to us. Wow. Yes. That, well, and I uh, also had an awareness or one of those moments like, okay, I had defined how my life should be lived. And God, you're mm. supposed to follow right along mm. how I want it to be lived. And he will thwart that. He is not going mm-hmm. to let us live in that own, our own little shallow world or, or limited understanding. So I felt thwarted and defeated and realized, okay, wait a minute. I'm on that wrong path. I've got to then surrender. Okay, Lord, your way is best. Your way. Mm-hmm. And then he was saying to me, honor your vows to me and to others for life. Honor them. Mm-hmm. No matter how mm-hmm. hard they are, honor them. I will be with you. I'm going to bless you on that path. You're going to get to the sun, mm-hmm. not this other way. And that's where uh, this whole idea of just, okay, Lord, how do I be faithful? How do I make it to the end without falling mm-hmm. over the cliff or derailing? And that began this whole journey of what does it mean to finish well for the Lord? How can mm-hmm. I get there mm-hmm. and arrive? Mm-hmm. And and uh, so that p- was part of this whole process that over time led to the thoughts, the principles, the ideas of, of the book that later came to be. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you get to live it and then <laughs> God has you then share it with others. Um, because, you know, I'm thinking, Bruce, that right now so many people are relating to what you're talking about because this whole COVID and our chaos that's going on in our world is surely shaking people up, right? Yeah. Oh, I mean, it, I would think, yeah, the stress levels, the, the uncertainties, the unknowns. And I, I must say that right now, uh, no matter who is listening, whatever age range, if they want to, you know, we want to mm-hmm. say midlife or in my case, the midlife and beyond. Uh, mm-hmm. But don't be uh, surprised or are discouraged if there are unexpected hard realities that crowd in. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just going to be a normal part of our world. Now, COVID and other things have really emphasized that, but it's, it's um, a normal part of our journey for things to get a little more intense. So midlife and beyond, you can start to think, wait a minute, did my dreams of my 20s say, my, all the hopes for mm. my life, did they ever appear and materialize? And well, we have regrets disappointments mm-hmm. uh, certainly now with finances being tight there's financial strains or unemployment issues you just go on down we've talked about uh, marriage uh, problems mm-hmm. isolation uh, in some cases too with adult children or children that are struggling aging parents there's a lot of things that crowd in and but these are those mountains that god can move mm-hmm. and we just hold mm-hmm. steady we're persevering through and and he can get us through those, but it's going to happen. We're going to be in, encountering them. I'm, I would imagine people that are listening today are, could make a whole list of, of the things that they're having mm-hmm. to deal with. But that's a part of the journey that God's going to bring us through. Mm, I love that because we've been talking about how, you know, we're using the metaphor of uh, we're lifting weights and we're getting spiritually fit and that our gym is our life, mm-hmm. right? And so you're talking about the gymnasium of life and the hardships of life, which a lot of 
unfortunately, Christians believe if you believe in Christ, you're not going to have that. And that is not biblical. It's not scriptural. Um, And so you're just talking about the persevering through the mountains of life, which are normal. I mean, and they're all look different for different people and different heights and, you know, difficulties, but that's a normal part of the life. Well, and the, the, and what those do, what those uh, barriers or hard realities, it, it mm-hmm. locks our focus down. We're just walking, almost looking at our feet, trying to take one step after another. So mm. our world shrinks down and we can, mm-hmm. Uh, often overlook the need to take a longer view because oh because that's good. guaranteed we underestimate the influence of our life in, in a mm, talk about that more that's in so a good. positive way we may feel like well what's the use you know i'm i'm working so hard nobody notices nobody cares or we have an influence that god has given us that we totally underestimate. And, and this is the time, no matter what uh, is confronting us, to say, okay, wait a minute, I've got to lift my eyes up a little higher. And a phenomenal verse, uh, passage in Scripture in the Psalm 78, I was amazed in that those early verses there. It talks about the generation passing down uh, our mm. faith to future generations. And there's four generations mentioned there. So that our life, we may not realize it now, but we're going to be influencing our kids and then our grandkids and on from there. There's a ripple effect and we, we don't see it at times because there's a lot on mm-hmm. our plate. But the influence of our life is so significant. And we just sometimes need to hear, hear that it is to say, wait a second, hold on. People need you. They're, they're counting on you. And, uh, mm-hmm. it, and in God's hands, it can be a major force. It's not a little pebble in the pond. It's more like a boulder that he'll cast out with mm-hmm. ripples that, that go from there. Mm. Well, that is so important, especially in the age of a lot of people are feeling hopeless, purposeless. And, you know, suicides are up on the rise, unfortunately, because of that, that sense of what's the use, right? And so you're telling us just living our ordinary God-given life has major impact. It, it's huge. In fact, we, we just don't see it now. We have a classic example. You go back to the scriptures with King David when he was confronted by Nathan for his affair with Bathsheba. And, mm-hmm. and Nathan recounted, David, if, if giving you the whole, uh, the whole nation of Israel and all of uh, all of everything that involved, if that was too little, there are many more things like this I would have given you. So David got lost in the moment. He coped with the pressures, and and so he derailed. So an affair or that would be a way that you cope with the pressure that wouldn't be right. But mm-hmm. David mm-hmm. missed the big picture of how God had raised him up and the influence that he would have in the future. And Nathan mentioned that. And... Uh, and so we, we just need that encouragement. And hopefully today people will realize, okay, that I do believe that. And there is a, a principle that I, I could say at this point, and I would say the people 
that are being faithful, they're persevering, they're trusting the Lord day by day, mm-hmm. that's heroic. Mm-hmm. You are mm. being heroic. Now, the concept is heroic invisibility. Mm. Because in God's eyes, it's heroic, but it's not necessarily going to be recognized by the world. But mm. we still, in a way to say it would be, I'm going to honor my vows. I'm going to stay faithful to the Lord and others, despite no recognition from the world. Mm-hmm. And so just the, there, everybody is heroic that's holding on, holding steady, and God will honor that. Wow. Bruce, that is a powerful word because in this day of social media and, you know, instant stardom and all the followers, you know, how we're looking externally at what makes us valuable or, um, you know, special or heroic. That is certainly not our world's definition. Not not at all. In fact, the Another way of saying that maybe the other side of the coin of that would be you're famous in heaven. You are well known. Oh, that's awesome. People know you. And, yeah. And, and if you, you know, that I love that Hebrews 12 passage, this stadium that's cheering this image of the great cloud of witnesses. And what if that stadium and all the people that have gone before in, in our families and friends and they're cheering us on. They're in that heavenly stadium, except mm-hmm. it's our turn on the arena floor. We're the ones Mm. that have to run that race and they're cheering us on. You can do it. And they leap to their feet with applause when we just are faithful to serve. And uh, I mean, there's a lot of images that for me have given me a lot of encouragement. That whole idea then of that bigger, bigger view on the, the the hall of faith and that there, that the crowds that are cheering and, and that, okay, while I'm, while it's my time, let me just run that race. And, uh, but it's mm-hmm. only a race on what God has called me to do because uh, mm. we have assignments from the Lord that He's given to us that we're mm. that are unique to us, and and that we can fulfill. Mm-hmm. But it's all a part of just okay, just day by day, in that the relationship that God wants to take us deep into His heart, and just to serve Him each day. Mm. Yeah, because I'm sure you've encountered, you know, when you mentor and you train up people that they're looking for the big things, right? Those, those big wows with God or, you know, making huge impact. And this is a different way of looking at finishing well, I think, than our, even our Christian realm sometimes wants to it's, look at. Yes, it is not. It's not in the limelight. And it is right. far from the limelight, but that's where we we read there in that Hebrews passage, men and women of whom the world was not worthy. They they were mm. they were unknown, but they were they were heroic. Wow! And that's the place that it's okay to be, and uh, then God mm-hmm. is is gonna. Uh, that's where he he likes to work, and uh, and in one sense too there's some paradoxes. So if I want to take another image of a cup, the cup in the garden, uh, Jesus said, Lord, can this cup pass from me? Yet not my will yours be done. This was the cup of our salvation. We were going to get 
the joy mm-hmm. of heaven. But we saw beyond the cup, there was joy. He endured the cross mm-hmm. and for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So on the other side, there's some paradoxes. So we may be drinking a hard cup right now. It, but right. on the other side of it, there is joy. There is uh, fulfillment. So if, if, if this can inspire people just to say, it's okay, God sees exactly where you're at. He knows your name, your address, the room or the car, wherever you are listening to this. He knows exactly mm-hmm. where you are. And through at some point, you'll get through this time and there'll be joy on the other side and reward that would come. So what, you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about people right now in that are struggling and feeling hopeless and feeling like they're not making, you know, reaching their purpose or having impact because of all the changes going on. But you're saying some things through your own story that you learned and, and I know just your wisdom of walking with the Lord, but you, you had a, you know, personal relationship with him, even though you felt separated, you could hear him, know his voice and you were in the word. Right. So that sounds important. It was starting to, well, for me, I had to get away from just the, uh, whatever that routine was. And it's hard for people, but if Mm -hmm. there are, there's a opportunity Mm -hmm. to just step away and regroup and, Mm -hmm. and wait and listen. And God, we always think God doesn't, talk or he's silent he's actually Mm -hmm, communicating mm -hmm. all the time Mm. but we have to have the ears Mm -hmm. and eyes to see and hear and uh, it takes some slowing down and and waiting and uh, and even some of this it does take us out of the immediate and looking further ahead like we've talked about i think it'd be a great exercise and i've done this is who in your family or friends that have gone on before who finished well for the Lord? Who is it? And what mm -hmm. qualities of their life stand out to you? Because Uh they didn't know that they were doing anything that influenced you most of the time, but they, what was it about their life? Mm -hmm. And that's part of the influence. That's part of where people will look look to us and my grandmother didn't know that her her faithfulness to the lord in a marriage where my grandfather didn't know the lord they were married 72 years and she prayed for him every day for 72 years and never once saw him pray never once saw him read the bible never once part of this all those prayers while my grandmother didn't live to see him become a believer I was able to lead him to the Lord oh. on his deathbed. Oh, Bruce, what a story. And it's not a he story. It's real life. Wow. Ready to go into eternity and laying in bed. And I went into his room and I could talk to him. And I basically, through his a nod on the pillow, a squeeze of the hand, he was able to just confirm what he had heard all those years and at least say, yes, my hope is in Jesus. I look forward to being with him in eternity. He confirmed it all just with barely, you know, just right at that last moment. So my prayers of my grandmother 
were answered. She didn't get to see him, but 72 years of praying for the man in her life. Wow. That's perseverance. Wow. That is perseverance. And that is looking at the prize that Paul talks about, keeping our eyes on Christ and the cross. And that's what your grandmother did. But, you know, the other thing is I feel like using the analogy of sports that she passed the baton on to you, you know, and you didn't even really know it, but you got to finish her in, race in, that, in a that sense, sense, right? Yes, she, she really did instill. And I, at the time, I just thought, well, that's, that's who she is. And the more I've reflected on it, wow, did she live her life. And I know yeah. with you and your family and others that are listening, there would be those individuals that just, oh, they did have that influence and impact. Right. And I immediately think of my grandmother and she wasn't perfect in any mm. means with her life, but her faith, her faith was always the steady force through it. And she overcame some really tough stuff um, in and out of the church. And yeah, that's who I immediately thought. Of. So all. we don't have to be perfect. We're, we're just yes. persevering. And yeah, so I've heard you say some really important words that I think along the journey, you, you're the letting go, the surrendering, the perseverance, um, you know, keeping your eyes on the eternal view and on God's lens and not so much our lens or the world's lens. And I keep thinking of, you know, in the beginning of your story is that the, the uh, Proverbs do not lean mm -hmm. on your own understanding and it's like you had it, you know, we do, don't we? It's we're like Adam yes. and Eve. We got it all figured out. We want to eat off the, the tree of the good and evil and figure it all out. So we'll be okay yes. without God. Right. <laughs> and we can be, and I guess that's what your counselor was talking about being a practicing agnostic. Like we don't, we got it all figured well, yeah, out. And, so we don't and need to God. It, and we, God is a patient teacher. He will continue to help us oh. learn these lessons. And for me, mm. I had to come right up to the edge of toppling but uh, it is, yeah. these are things like thinking about who finished well, be just those individuals. And um, mm -hmm. what would it be like? And this is, again, forward thinking. If people 10, 15 minutes and write out your definition of what does it mean to finish well? When I got to the end of my life, what would it mean mm. to finish well for the Lord? We all ha will have different different definitions because of our giftings and how God has given us experiences and life history. But what would it mean? And then put that down as a little marker mm -hmm. because ultimately it comes down, I think, to the six words. And that's the well done, good and faithful servant. We live mm -hmm. for the six words. So right mm -hmm. now, those six words, Lord, it's what you want in my life, whatever. And I'll pay any price to stay faithful to my vows, mm. to serving you, help me to stay on there. And it's not all the difficulty. There's joy. The more we do it, he's meeting us. Mm -hmm. He's walking with us and we see him working. Just circling back to this spiritual fitness, it, like when we work out, it's hard work, but it, there's benefit from it and we feel better and there's all <laughs> kind of lasting and this is even more so in the spiritual realm. Those are some great, I love your two tips of um, thinking about who influenced us and what about what their qualities and then how do we want to be able to, what's our definition 
as led by the Lord in finishing well. Yeah. So are there any other nuggets, any other tips or, you know, just things along the journey that would okay, be helpful Okay, well, here's for one folks? other thought to, to leave you that is quite significant, mm-hmm. at least for me. And it was a rabbi, okay. a rabbi Hillel. Now, this is going back again. It's in the first century, about the time when Jesus was around. But his point is he was looking at his world. He asked his, his followers this, these two questions. And I think it's so relevant to us, no matter where God has placed us. And it's these two questions are, if not me, whom? If not now? Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. also focuses down, okay, wait a minute. This is, I'm not alone. I've been placed into these circumstances, whether it's this family, this job, this situation, for a purpose. And Lord, what would you have me to do? If it's not me, whom? If it's not now, when? And that just, to me, motivates and says, okay, Lord. I'm going to stay in the game as much as there were times when I wanted to you know, run for the hills and, and escape it, but to just stay faithful with it. And uh, it's, and then it's mm-hmm. really a, a, a story as well as how God meets us. And there's so many ways he does that to just put an arm around us, encourage us and answer those prayers and show up for us. Well, I love that you, he had you write this book. Bruce, I think it's a, a just a valuable um, resource for people. The best is yet to be moving mountains in midlife. And I love how you said um, the things in our life are the mountains, because, again, a lot of times when I read that scripture, you know, the faith of the mustard seed will move mountains. I'm thinking <laughs> right. of something out there, not. Yes. In here, eternal, I mean, internal, right? So I love how you broke that down and showed us how our persevering with the Lord can move those mountains in our lives. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, it's where can available they get the book? Uh, on Amazon right now. Uh, I think that would probably be the, the best, okay. uh, best way to go. But yeah, that would be awesome. Thank you. Uh, it's just been great to share some of these uh, ideas and, and uh, just as we are all on this journey together and the encouragement, I hope that this can, can bring to we, those listening. That'll be a blessing. Yes. Well, well, I'm encouraged. So I <laughs> yeah. am sure others are. Yeah. So thank you for your time, Bruce. Would you mind closing in prayer and just praying for those folks out there that are needing to persevere in their faith yes, through these absolutely. times? Lord, we just pause right now to just say thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Often the things that that we we can't see and how you are working out your plans. Help us, Lord, to just stay faithful, to follow you on that narrow path. And Lord, you will move our mountains no matter what they may be. And help us to stay steady, to persevere, to, to, to just know that you're with us and that you will in your time have those breakthroughs occur. And I just pray you'd remind everyone listening that you haven't forgotten them. You are at work. They are people of influence and you are calling them to this time to serve you in ways that 
we just can't even imagine. So, Lord, we just commit ourselves again to you for your purposes. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hear you saying is that you knew God as a little girl, just the you know the awareness of God. You gave your life to Him when you were twelve, and then you did life, but the world kind of weaved in there, and so because God talks about in Genesis of how we are spirit, soul, and body, the soul mm-hmm. part of you, the mind, will, and emotions are what had to get matured throughout your life to get to this new place you're in as far as just new passion and new understanding. I think what I had to do was to come to know Jesus personally. I think my spirit as a young child knew Jesus and just was so comfortable and familiar with him Mm -hmm. because I had a grandmother who Uh, talked about him as though he were a member of the family. I can remember having dreams and, and my, I think I had that spiritual connection with Jesus always. What had to happen was that my learning had to, the learning of the word was the key because mm -hmm. that is where I learned to know the attributes of God and Mm. how much Jesus loved me. Mm. And because, and I would say this about the church today. um, I guess the analogy that explains that the best is the story of Nicodemus and how when Jesus started his preaching ministry, Nicodemus was a Pharisee, a ruler of the Jews. He loved God. He kept all of the rules, all of the laws. And when he heard Jesus preach, he knew that there was something different and there might be something more. So he went to Jesus by night and said, teacher, we know that you come from God or you could not teach the way you do. And he said, what do I have to do? And the thing that Nicodemus learned from Jesus, and this is where it is so critical. Jesus said, you have to be born again. Mm. And Nicodemus, of course, took it literally. But what Jesus was saying to him, you think that everything is in order with God in your life and that you're You're complete because you are a son of Abraham. You are one of God's chosen people and you keep all of these rules and laws. But he showed him that what he had to do was to give up the life that he knew and accept, not not learn more laws and more rules, but accept Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God, the Savior. And that changed everything. And we know that he listened because he was at Jesus' burial with Joseph of Arimathea, and he helped bury Jesus. So what happened with me was that I thought that everything was fine because I went to church. But the church, When I was a young girl, I think the church preached the gospel. The church I have been in in the past, the churches in the past, have only preached about being good, being kind, those things. Mm -hmm. But they did not preach 
that we, if we accept Jesus, we follow his laws or we are not following Jesus. And that is a new baptism mm. that is coming to a different level of, uh, of accepting Jesus and loving. And then I fell in love with him, mm. Jesus. And then I wanted to know more about him. And I would say, if you don't have that upbringing, then the the best things and the way I got to Jesus, I listened to the radio mm. and I listened to people like Chuck Swindoll who taught and I bought the books and I studied and I read the scripture, but I knocked on that door for Jesus and he answered. Mm. So, and then I started going to Bible studies and women's Bible studies have helped me see more clearly the love of God, the love of Jesus, the, that narrow road that we walk, but we do it out of love. And there is a heaven and there is a hell, just as there is, um, just as there is God and the, the Trinity and there is Satan. Those things are warring in this world as we speak. So the, the thing that has brought me so much joy and has renewed my, my excitement in faith is that I have found a church. I am in the saddest time of my life. My husband is in memory care. He is quarantined. He went in knowing me and um and it was it was a separation where i still visited and we we continued to carry on our relationship but i have not seen him and he has gone from being absolutely aware of things to not being able to feed himself mm. and it has it has broken I'm just heart sick. So mm -hmm. this is the most difficult time in my life. But what God has done through the study, through the every morning I get up and I have this devotional, I talk to him, I join him. And what I do is watch for him all through the day. And the thing I'm seeing is how he cocoons me, how he reaches out to me all day, every day and holds me up I learned to hear from God. I learned to forgive myself mm. and then I learned to watch for him. And now I'm seeing him heal my children's lives in spiritual ways. Both of, both of my children are Christians. They have, um, it's just, he is restoring those years. The locusts have eaten away what would you say to younger folks and like your younger self um you know people that are have young kids or caught up in their jobs and just trying to make it day by day um and they want to know the lord they love the lord or they want to know him more what would your advice be to them in that stage of life I would say that they've got to make a decision. 
because you can't do everything. I think awareness and a new life begins at the point of aware of awareness of our sinfulness. Mm. I think repentance is the beginning. And mm-hmm. I think if, if, if one doesn't feel that they have anything to repent for, they need to ask Jesus to come into their lives. But even as busy as people are today, there have to be sacrifices. And the sacrifice, I think, would be the sacrifice of time and doing maybe the thing that you do in your free time. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to, as I said, I think you have to start by praying, doing a devotional in the morning. There are a lot of good devotional books. And the more you learn, the deeper he will take you. But it starts with that with that decision to want to seek him. And he says, mm-hmm. if you seek me, you'll find me. So mm-hmm. I think the thing people have to, young people have to do today is just say, Jesus, I want you. I want to, I want to serve you and love you. Please show me what that looks like. And even mm-hmm. when I don't want to, I want you to make me want to, because what we've got is a Trinity. We've got the father, who created us, the son who died for us, who intercedes for us, who loves us. And we have the Holy Spirit who enables us. And so we have spiritual help all around us. It's not something we can do on our own. We have to look to the Lord to even show us which step to take next, because we do not know. And in this Mm -hmm. world, it is so confusing. I think whenever our peace and comfort in this world, because it's going to be hard in this world, because mm-hmm. people, especially this day and time, will criticize so much if you belong to the Lord. So um, anyway, you have to sacrifice that peace and comfort by seeking him out. And then truth has to balance out with love. There's got to be Mm. a balance because Mm -hmm. if one gets out of whack, then you're going to be off kilter. Mm -hmm. So any other um, thing you think about when you think about persevering in faith throughout different stages of life and during this time? Persevering. I think persevering is just taking one day at a time and, mm-hmm. and giving that day to Jesus and saying, Jesus, this is your day. And we have blessings that are new every morning. I mean, as sad as life gets, as hard as it is through loss. And as I grow older, cause I am headed to the barn. I know that if I join him in the work that he has for us today, that's how we finish that race that Paul talks about. That's how Mm. we fight the good fight, finish the race and keep the faith. And it just, life grows dearer, even though I think we hold it more loosely because I have Mm. learned that I am in control of nothing, but yet Mm. I have, someone who loves me enough that he sent 
his only son to die for me so that I might have eternal life. And I do have a home waiting for me. And another thing I think in persevering, the thing I want most is to see my children, their children, their children, all of my family from now till Jesus comes again. I want to see them love and serve the Lord and live with him in paradise. And intercessory Mm -hmm. prayer is one of the gifts that God has given us for that. And I do believe, because in the Bible it says the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. I think when we walk with the Lord and we and our life is a temple for him, because that's the first thing we're responsible for. Uh, That scripture in Romans, where he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you, which is your reasonable service. And don't conform to this world, but conform to, to the ways of the Lord. And I think when we do that, And we have that intercessory prayer lifting our children up. For some reason, he lets that make a difference. And he Mm. leads our children. And so Mm -hmm. that just makes it come full circle to me. And I do believe that in the world also with, with young people, there are, I used to, I used to hear, be as kind to your um, mother and your brothers and sisters and your children as you are to a stranger at least be that polite to them and I think we Uh don't do that anymore I think that um I think and that takes time but I also think Uh that life is a concentric circle and I think my belief is and and God could prove me wrong later on but I think it starts with our immediate family and then the church and then the, you know, our friends, our family, uh, and then Uh the rest of the world. But I think it starts with those closest to us because our legacy, I think one of the most valuable things I've ever done is keep my grandchildren Uh and then Uh love them and let them know how much I love Jesus. Another thing I would say to young parents, mothers, fathers, in treating their children, talk to them in the way in a way that is respectful. Mm-hmm. Say please and thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, discuss those um, problems that you have in a way that is kind. Mm-hmm. Although there is still discipline, and mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of that missing. I mean, there are times I am, if if my children or grandchildren disrespect me, I will go after them <laughs> because I just, I tell them, you know, you, you may talk to me, but you're not going to talk that way to me. Mm-hmm. So I think um, that's a part of it. You've got to have boundaries. You've got to be the one who sets those boundaries Uh and then you've got to follow through with them you Uh can't threaten and then not do it but there are excuse me there are just so many things that we can do 
as parents with our children to show them the love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I love uh, it's full circle where you started with your grandmother and now you're getting to give back to your grandchildren. And I think of the scripture, you know, in Timothy, where it talks about because of your grandmother's faith, right? Doesn't mean talking about that. Yeah. So we don't want to, I think we take that for granted in our busy world that just taking care of your family, loving your family uh, and those around you is God's plan on how to (laughs) change the world, right? (laughs) Yes. You can't let the urgent get in the way of the important. And and that's, that's just a trite saying, but it's so true. And it's never too late. It doesn't matter when you start asking for Jesus to come. He always comes. That's a good word. Okay. Take care, Angel. Bless you, Lane. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. It's never too late to reach out to Jesus, and he is not done with us yet. He is using our everyday ordinary lives to do extraordinary things. Let's keep lifting those weights of spiritual belief and trust and obedience and prayer and reading the word and all the things we've been talking about to become more fit and more mature, to be able to spread his truth and love to this hurting world. The word says in 2 Corinthians 4.16 that outwardly we may be wasting away, but inwardly we're being renewed day by day. So I hope you're encouraged. Keep going. Keep persevering. It's worth it. And I look forward to talking to you next week. We're going to be lifting the weight of obedience. Oh, also, as a note, I want you to know that I'm going to be publishing the podcast at a later time on Thursdays. It will be 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. So just so you know to be looking out for it then. God bless and have a good week.